I could draw forth a catalog of many poor wretches that in fields, in ditches, in common cages and under stalls, being either thrust by cruel maesters out of doors, or wanting all worldly succor but the common benefit of earth and air, have most miserably perished. Thomas Decker, The Wonderful Year. The bubonic plague was a regular part of Shakespeare's life. He lived through several large outbreaks, and even when there wasn't an outbreak, the threat always loomed. With each wave, significant portions of the population died. Death was everywhere, and the ringing of the church bells served as a grim reminder. Shakespeare, as a man of the theater, was particularly susceptible to the effects of plague, because an outbreak meant theaters closed, which meant he received no pay. So what did Shakespeare do with his time? Well, he most likely wrote. In his early years, it was poetry to be published. In his later years, he probably wrote plays. Today, we will be exploring how the bubonic plague affects Shakespeare and his writing. Strap on your plague masks and join me and Eli as we discuss plague shutdowns in Shakespeare's England. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Bard. I'm your host, Sarah. Also also known on a growing corner of the internet as Ripe Good Scholar. I'm joined as always by my husband, Eli. Hello. And we're living through a pandemic. Yay. Yay. So it felt, like a lot of people, a good time to talk about plague. I mean, yeah. And quarantine. But with a Shakespeare flair. Ooh, flair. Yeah, we're we're just full of flair up in here. Yes, we're extremely... uh, Flourishes right now. So much flare. Flaring all over the place. You made it weird. We accidentally set the house on fire. We were setting off so many flares. Part of what kind of inspired me to kick this off was a you know, a tweet, a meme that was going around that Shakespeare wrote King Lear while he was in quarantine. Hmm. Which is maybe true. Okay. But, you know, we don't know for sure. It's, like, an impossible thing to know. Was he in quarantine with his father-in-law? I doubt it, because this was towards the end of his career. Okay, because that would make sense why you write a story about an old guy who everyone gets sick of and throws out of their houses. It's fair. It's a true point. But he might have been the old man. <laughs> we'll kind of start with talking about plague in general. So when we talk about plague, we're talking about the bubonic plague, which now we know was spread via fleas that were on rats. Gross. That would then bite people. Oh, it's super gross when you hear about how they affect different things, but I won't go into that because that's not what this podcast is about. But um... now, I listen to Sawbones. It's gross. Oh no. No, uh, you should listen to this podcast will kill you. Their stuff about play I mean, they go in detail. Oof. So those are our recommendations. It's <laughs> it was a delightful listen. They sound like great hosts, but it was a little rough to listen to at points. I was listening to that during our quarantine weekend at Ravenwood. Oh. Gross. I was in the bubble bath, like, well this is gross. 
<laughs> sipped my wine. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we don't have to worry about that. Um, but anyway, so you know, we all know bubonic blood. We all know that the bubonic plague was just catastrophic yes. to Europe. Um, but I think a lot of times we when we think of plague, we're thinking of it as a single event, whereas it was waves of outbreaks over many years. Oh. Um, well, that's not comforting right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> they were still bleeding people and talking about humors, so we've made advances. That's true. Although I'm pretty sure you could find some people to bleed your humors these days. Probably. But you gotta go into, like, backwoods. I mean, you could probably just go downtown, find that hippie medicine place. I don't know if they would be talking about humorous. Kitty, I love you, but I need you to be quiet. When we talk about the plague decimating half of Europe, maybe that was the first wave, but, like, it kept coming. So there, the one of the most notable during Shakespeare's career was in 1603. It was it was one of the worst outbreaks, particularly in London. Uh, I think the thing I read said that it killed like over seven percent of the population. Ooh. And so like that's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of people. So while the doctors there didn't know how exactly plague was being spread, they didn't know. It was rats and fleas. Bacteria. Yes. You know, they they still had an idea that large gatherings of people were probably a bad idea. And so you also had Puritanism starting to slide in, so mm-hmm. they were poo-poo on plays anyway, so Okay, so they took away London's freedom. Well, I, yeah. I mean, really, <laughs> but it was for the public gut. Um, but they would shut down the playhouses. I mean, even King James' coronation was delayed. Oh, wow. Like, the like celebration of it and the parade throughout the city. So, King James, even like 400 years ago, was willing to say, hmm, maybe... Okay, we're not making this political <laughs> the whole time. Get it okay. out of your system. <laughs> we're talking about the 1600s, not right now. Stop it. Okay. And that was during the particularly terrible outbreak. Yeah. Now, what is interesting, because I think a lot of times right now, um, in our day, we're used to, you know, flu season, winter. Winter is when everybody gets sick. Yes. Not for plague. Plague tended to peak in the summer months. Oh. Which, if you're doing a play at an outdoor theater... Is peak playtime. It is peak, peak playtime. Now, I've seen pictures of the globe. It looked like that a lot of people would just crowd in the bottom of it. Yes. There's no, like, seating or space. Well, there's seating around the edge, but yeah. Okay. The groundlings just stood. And just cramped together. There was no, like, yeah. this is my standing space. I mean, probably not. I don't know. Okay. I wasn't there. Weren't? <laughs> One of the prevailing medical theories of the time was smell. Like, if it smelled bad, the air's bad. So. 
Yeah. That's why we're all getting sick. And just bad air floating around. So in summer, in the heat, you know, I mean, you've been by a creek bed when it dries out in the summer heat, like it smells. Yeah. The plague flaring up in summer probably helped perpetuate that theory. The idea of the, what was it called? The uh, miasma. Yeah. And like the official theory might have come later, but they had, they were starting to get these ideas, you know, um, throughout the Renaissance. So, and, and plague was something that in Shakespeare's life was just ever present. It was this kind of ever present threat of, is the plague going to come back? Hmm. And it did multiple times in his life. A outbreak of plague went through Stratford when he was young. Oh. Um, I believe one of his siblings died. But, you know, it was so bad that in the red, in the burial register, in the death register, they actually started writing down who died from plague. Not all the time, but... Oh, well. They would start saying, like, plague. Did they not uh, keep track of cause of death normally? That's not what it sounded like to me in the article I was reading. That it's, like, this started coming about because of plague. Okay, because they needed a way to track it. Yes, I think they needed a way to track it. I think they wanted numbers on how many people were dying and and knowing okay don't go to their house yeah they got the plague so you know Shakespeare obviously survived that and then as he went um, into the theater it became more of an issue because as I said they would shut down large gatherings which meant theaters were shut down gone you're unemployed now, sometimes this is when troops would start kind of touring the countryside. Spreading plague everywhere they went. Potentially, yes. But um, they were just kind of hoping that, like, news of the plague in London didn't reach this town yet. <laughs> um, that's, that's terrible. Yes. There was a notable outbreak of the plague in 1593-1594 that kind of led to one of the first long periods of time where Shakespeare was unemployed. Hmm. Um, So during this time is when he wrote Venus and Adonis and the Rape of Lucrece and published them. Which probably made him more money than publishing the plays ever did. Maybe not more money than he made being a partner in a theater. I doubt that. But like at the time for a young writer that was how you made money. So I haven't I haven't heard of those two pieces. Oh, they're just long poems. Okay. Um, I have not read them yet. I need to. So he published those, and you know, people didn't really publish plays back then, did they? No, not really. Um, but so, they were. So that was like his one way of making money while that was going on. Yes. Yes. Um, and then they also while the. Sonnets weren't published at that time. They weren't published till later. Um, And I haven't looked into this. This would be probably a whole other podcast episode, but one article I read said, without his knowledge, and I was like, ooh, rough. Um, They think the sonnets may have been written around this time as well. Okay. Um, Because the sonnets weren't published long after this, and this is when he'd kind of be, like, sitting around. Alright. Um probably kicking up his malt business with his wife oh yeah i bet she was super happy about that well honey maybe we should make some changes to the malt business shut up will (laughs) 
So that was kind of the first long period of unemployment for him. The next big outbreak would have been the big 1603 outbreak. Now, for like years after that, there were just outbreak, 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 outbreak. From 1603 to 1613, theaters were closed due to plague a total of 78 months. So that's Jeez. about six and a half years out of ten. Jeez. Yes. So these were long periods. I imagine during this time he would do some touring, things like that. Um, but yeah, playhouses were closed. Wow. And, and keep in mind what we said at the beginning of summer was a high plague season. Yeah. So I would imagine that the months they would be in business were probably disproportionately affected. Oof. Now, I don't know why there were more outbreaks, it seemed, in summer. More rats? Maybe. I don't know. Rats, uh, do rats hibernate? I don't think so. We need a rat specialist on. Okay, well, I'll work on that. Who's your rat guy? I don't know. Call someone I know who lives in New York, see if they hibernate. <laughs> um, <laughs> fun fact when I lived in New York, every single after the first time I saw a rat on the subway, every single time I rode the subway, I found a rat. <laughs> it was gross. The entire six months I lived in DC, I never saw a rat on the subway. And I looked. Uh, those DC rats are all working for the CIA, and you're not going to see them. <laughs> Secret agent rat. Secret agent rat. Yeah, I like it. So anyway, so obviously there were, th th you know, this was a decade. Yeah. Of a lot of time, not running plays. Yeah. Now, um, we don't know exactly when any particular play was written. We have an idea because of first performances and blah blah blah. But we can't, like, there's just no way of knowing what day he sat down and, like, wrote it. Um, but we know that, like, King Lear was first presented at, um, on Christmas at court in 1606. Okay, so that was right in the middle of those plague years. Yeah. Yeah, but it was in winter. So, um, I think there were some general rules that, like, the theater owners would futz with of um, there had to be less than 30 deaths in a week for the playhouse to open in like London whoa plague deaths yeah um, usually apparently around 40 they'd start opening <laughs> so uh, it's not all that different yeah <laughs> um, but anyway you had though some of his best plays being written in this time. Yeah. Like Macbeth, King Lear, Antony and Cleopatra. Also some of his lesser known works, but a lot of these big ones were written during Plague. and um, A lot of tragedies. Yeah, a lot of his tragedies were written. Now, some of his lesser known works that I, I can't tell you the plot yet because I haven't read them of like Timon and Athens and Pericles. I think they were all written around. I mean, you have to remember this is 10 years of his life. Yeah. Like, he wrote a lot. You know, during his probably, I don't know, what, he went, left probably in his 20s, he appeared in London, and died, I think, in his 60s? After a hard night of drinking. 
Yes. Um, but he wrote 38 plays that we have. Plus two epic poems, maybe a third, and a bunch of sonnets. The man was busy. Yeah. But I think what is interesting is some of his most powerful tragedies happened during this time. And and one article I was reading particularly brought up King Lear because of this meme that was going around that Shakespeare wrote King Lear during Plague. Brought about kind of the nihilism of it. Everything's terrible. Nothing's going to end well. Oh, yeah. And so you can't help but think, was that influenced by Plague? This kind of... Being tossed about in uh, the uh, winds of the world with no control of your life as uh, everything is terrible. Yeah. You know, not only do you have this constant fear of death hanging over you with Plague, but, you know, for him, he had little control over his job. One interesting sidebar that I read towards the start of this was that King James would specifically... Like, during winter at court, commission performances and pay them, like, a whole lot of money. Oh. Like, pay them, like, a year's worth of money for one performance. To make up for all of the months of uh, not performing. He'd essentially give them stimulus checks. Nice. Um, Which, you know, helped keep them going and keep them running and make sure that theater was still present once they got through it. Now, what's interesting when you consider that how... Because Shakespeare being in London in particular, because London, you know, it's the capital, big merchant city, lots of people on top of each other, lots of rats, intense plague outbreaks. Yeah. You know, like, the villages could kind of shut the one road into town and be like, "Uh uh-uh, no one coming in. You know, and be like, don't go to Bob's house. They all got the plague. You know, Don't go was... to Fred's house. He's a weirdo. Well, yeah, but we all just avoid him anyway. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to go by Fred. You know, so he was, like, intensely in the thick of it, in the plague. Like, his landlady died of plague. Like, he was in the epicenter Oh yeah. of plague, you know? And I think it was Thomas Decker... Um, wrote an essay called, like, The Fabulous Year or something like that about the plague. Or, like, The Wonderful Year or something like that. It was, like, a joke. Um, but he describes, and and I, I should have pulled the quote, but just very viscerally, like, how death was ever present um, as you walked through the street. If you walked through the street. You know, you had people who were treating plague victims carrying red poles. So you knew that they were treating plague victims and to stay back. Um, you know, you had carts. You know, I know there's the, like, Monty Python joke, Bring out your dead! But, like, literally they did that. Not like, you know, Bring out your dead! But, like, I'm not dead yet! (laughs) They would have people find... People like who died of plague or were sick with plague and and get the bodies out as quick as they could. You know, you just had, you know, when you think about, you know, 
even 7% of a city's population dying. Like, it's everywhere. And it's not like, you know, now where, you know, they die in a hospital and are taken, you know, they're taken out to the street in his time. Like, they're just there. Thrown out in chamber pots. Not literally, but... (laughs) You know, I mean, really, because you didn't want a plague body in your house. So you'd get rid of it as quick as you could. You know, so it's just, it's very, it was very intense. Yeah. The, the, like, because he just gave the feeling of, like, how intense it was to be in London at this time. Death was ever present. And was Shakespeare staying in London at this time? I mean, we don't know. It's not like he had, like, a book, like, today I'm in Stratford. I don't, I honestly don't know. Hmm. One thing that I had trouble finding because it was kind of hit or miss was would he have been allowed to leave London? And people did, obviously. I mean, the, they would go tour. It so spread. probably, probably if he could get out in time, which theaters closed, peace out. Yeah. But I imagine even at the start of it, you still feel it. And you still feel the after effects. And if he did stay in London, he lived near a church. And at the time church bells rang whenever someone in their parish died oh yeah did they keep up that practice during the plague in one article I was reading but this was referring to later practices they did stop doing it particularly in the very large parishes because it was getting depressing for everybody involved (laughs) yeah yeah I imagine so so you have so like you think of the weight of that and even even if he's not in the thick of it even if he's not staying in London like he's hearing about it because I'm sure there were people he knew that had to stay in London like they didn't have anywhere else to go and also coming in and out in between major outbreaks it's not like it was six years straight it was all shut down it was in total over the ten years yeah you'd feel the effects of it and so it's just but it's interesting that with that intense of an experience that kind of weight of emotion plague really doesn't show up in shakespeare all that much no they don't have uh you know troyus and the boily guy well so you have most famously probably is in romeo and juliet not only a plague on both your houses but um the priest that is supposed to be bringing Romeo the message like hey Julius just pretending to be dead is held up because of plague like he gets put on lockdown essentially oh and can't go to where he needs to go oh so plague really killed Romeo and Juliet in an indirect way yeah let's just blame plague for that one well yeah plague and, and the priest but not the priest of the message We've already talked Plague about Plague and the priest. The knife didn't help. <laughs> and there's some mentions, I think, in Pericles. Again, I haven't gotten to these plays yet in my read-through. But, like, it's still barely. It just says Plague in kind of a vague sense. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and there, there wasn't, like, a ton of plays that were, like, centered around Plague. Because, like, who wants to go to the theater and get reminded, like, by the way, we might all die. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh... I mean, to be fair, a lot of Shakespeare plays are, like, by the way, we might all die. Well, true. 
But I mean, like, <laughs> also, let's let's remind theatergoers of this ever-present yeah. threat of plague. So he didn't have, uh, you know, love in the time of bubonic plague. No. <laughs> no, and like, you know, it was pr- like I said, it was probably a little bit of like, hashtag too soon. Um, but I also imagine people didn't want to go see a play about bubonic plague. And Shakespeare was, if nothing, a panderer to his audience that would pay. (laughs) (laughs) He is not going to write a play for for necessarily his own amusement. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want to write this because I have something to say. I think he did have something to say in some of his plays. I I think he did have interesting concepts. But I don't think he set out like, I don't care what the people want. I'm going to write about plague. I mean, yeah, he takes his... uh... His creepiest, darkest, scariest play, and puts in a five-minute scene about peeing on a wall. Yeah. He knows. He knows his audience. Yep. Well, that's why the clown is in King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> He's delightful. The clown is the best part of King Lear. The fool is just mwah, chef kiss. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, this is. Gonna be a short episode. We keep recording short episodes. Oh well, we're short podcast now. Yay! Yay! Yeah! Did King did Shakespeare write King Lear during quarantine? Maybe. No. Well, we do know he wrote a. Yeah, we do know he wrote uh, a lot of plays that were really about death and about being miserable during this time. Shakespeare went through his emo phase. He did go through his emo phase. That's uh, okay. We all go through our emo phase. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's fine. It's okay, teens. But, you know, let's just remember. Uh, Shakespeare survived all of these terrible plague years. Shakespeare survived plague. We will do. And everybody should feel bad for not writing great so, masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you all are healthy and happy. Thus ends another episode of Breaking Bard. Please join us next time when we discuss if everything really did end well in All's Well That Ends Well. If you want to make sure you don't miss that or any future episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. If you like the podcast, please consider giving it a five-star review and sharing with your friends. For more Shakespeare fun, check out my blog at ripegoodscholar.com or look me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at ripegoodscholar. You should also check out my new YouTube channel, where I just launched my first series on a Midsummer Night's Dream. Just search Ripe Good Scholar on YouTube. See you next time, and remember, our court shall be a little academic, still and contemplative in living art. <laughs>